Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. That does suck though, woman. That's the oh, no, horrible thing to wake up to. Well, even worse was if I hadn't been here, I could have walked home to like a ceiling, the kitchen ceiling falling down. That's how much mm. water there was. Wow. Yeah. A literal chicken little situation. It was brutal. You it might need brutal. to use our, uh, our supporters club um, personal retained lawyer, pirate lawyer. Right. Just to see Sean. the neighbors. Sean, yeah. Pirate lawyer. <laughs> he's the perfect lawyer for this. I'm assuming he's going to just offer us free legal advice we never needed, right? That's right. Obviously. Exactly. <laughs> That's what lawyers do. Pro bono. We're a charity. Well, aren't we pro bono half the time? <laughs> Pro bono, maybe. <laughs> I've got a pro bono. For those who don't know what we're talking about, which is no one because we were talking before we started recording, uh, Wonga's house collapsed last night because of uh, the neighbor's renovations. It's been a long night for Wonga. But yes. Regardless, he's made it here today, as has everyone else except for Craig, who, fair enough, he's, he's moving his dad's house today, I believe. It is. It is. It's November 27th. It's the big day. That's the move. Yeah. Mm, Moving house days suck, but they're also really exciting. Unless you're downsizing because you're going (laughs) through a terrible divorce, right, boys? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Jeez. Hit us when we're down. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. How was the weekend, Dubs? You were in Toronto. No one saw you <laughs> because we're all no, busy. That's not true. I saw, I saw Wonger. Oh, sorry, that's I, – I, yeah, forgive me. We went out for a vegan lunch, vegan oh, Chinese. Like a, my commiserations. We went out for a bunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bunch. <laughs> a vegan lunch is and a bunch. And then we walked around Kensington, and uh, Amy uh, was my second voice of reason when I was buying gifts for, my, for Tassie, my girlfriend, who has, like, the worst person to buy for. Because she has everything that she wants. I'd like so. to argue that I'm the first voice of reason if I'm with you. Like, 
Well, I don't have. I, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't have a voice of reason. Oh, I'm your shut first up. Voice of reason. So fucking. He's got, he's got a loud voice. Yeah. yeah. A loud voice of unreason. <laughs> yeah. How how loud was he at lunch? <laughs> <laughs> he was okay. I think we both were quite loud. It was a. It was quite a small place, and uh, we made the mistake of ordering purely on names. I was like, let's get the super soup. Like, who doesn't order the super soup? And it was a super goopy soup. It was very gelatinous. Yeah. But luckily, the meal got progressively better. It did. Because that was, yeah, that was a low point. <laughs> we no, ate no, it. Nothing glutinous is, is good, though, is it? We use no. it glutinous. It's like, nah. No, yeah. no, but it was very good. It was excellent. It was. The, the, the was. kind of vegan beef and broccoli was amazing. And did so you eat it later on in the hotel room? Yes. Yeah. Oh, see? Awesome. I'm glad that what you did it. Vegan beef. And it was yeah. amazing. It doesn't make any fucking sense, Dubs. No, it does. It's like it was, the, the texture was really nice. Well. Can I, can I comment on. <laughs> can I comment on the, did you eat it later in the hotel? I'm sure a lot of people have said that <laughs> in different contexts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't bunch, do anything like that. Bunch is what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Did you Munch at least? Uh, did you find a gift for Tess? <laughs> Pardon, Charles. Did you find a gift for Tessie in the end? Yeah, I bought some fun stuff. Like, Thanks to Dubs. Yeah. So what was it? Can you tell um, a well, she never listened to this. So mm-hmm. um, a little Portugal kind of collage, um, some new mitts, uh, a ring, <laughs> like a fun one of a kind ring. Yeah. Okay. Some Find one smoke. of a kind ring. No, no. Okay. You have to, no, 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 no. Details. Uh, now we're just um, some lavender soap because she loves that stuff, and mm-hmm. a coconut candle, and a mm-hmm. scarf too. And a scarf. Oh yeah, pashmina. That's mm-hmm. right. So you went very much uh, quantity over quality. <laughs> I think that's. I, I, I think it's the way I have to shop for her though, because she'll yeah. have like I bought her a, a Dewalt drill uh, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and she won't let me live it down. I'm like, you ask me to do things in this house, and it's her house, and she doesn't have any tools. So she's you know, got one buying... tool. <laughs> Thank you very much. She's got a tool belt. <laughs> she's she's not. Uh, I don't think she she appreciated the drill like I would have appreciated the drill. So. <laughs> No, you Sorry. did well. Walter. That's too easy. Okay, thank you, Amy. Yes, oh, it is too easy. Thank you. The <laughs> word drill. <laughs> I love it. That's a good thing, though, Wonger, because when you go to her house and she needs something done, you say, where's your drill? That's right. The one I purchased for you. Yeah. <laughs> and here's my drill. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I, I don't do that. You don't? It's That's the not, Wonger. No, not any, no, sorry, not anymore. <laughs> What's your nickname, Philip? <laughs> I'm a Robertson. <laughs> By the way, Wonga, we posted on the weekend your your probably the greatest moment in, in what it is the greatest moment in your life a pick in uh, a big college football game back in in your heyday yes for mcgill live on national television and, and it did very well on social media people seem to love that that was pretty impressive i love watching that did you Just seeing seeing yeah I, I did honestly like i watched it i showed even showed the wife she said, look oh, at wow. this so who's that so that's wonga she goes wow he was an athlete I got that a lot. Did I ever ever tell you the story? And I know we're supposed to be talking. It was uh, we qualified for the Atlantic Bowl and we had to leave. uh, The game was Saturday. 
but you leave basically on the Wednesday. So I had to miss a couple of classes and I had uh, comparative politics and we had two, like a Wednesday and a Friday seminar. So I had to go talk to my TA um, and she said, hey, uh, anyone who's not gonna be here on Wednesday or Friday, let me know because I'm planning to do uh, in-course test uh, preparation. And I'm like, you know what? And I set it around the table, there's 15 of us, set it around the table and I said, actually, I I won't be here. She goes, oh, why not? And I said, I, I'm, going, I, I'm going to go to the Atlantic Bowl. I just said it like that. And then she goes, what for, to take pictures? <laughs> oh dear and, and i'm like no i'm on the team and she goes <laughs> you're on the football team like she was dumbstruck with me so that comment of wonger's an athlete that happened a lot well because, they, know, because they, they bought tickets off you to watch the game well no they bought beers <laughs> a year later yeah. <laughs> no you're, you're beer, destroyed man. it was impressive pardon you, me you run your your stride was impressive you're very light on your feet, yeah, I, yeah, which is I was impressive. I had wheels at one point, and mm-hmm. then they all fell off. Yeah, <laughs> metaphorically and and literally. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, football wise, I guess we've got to start with that goal, right? The Ganacho goal. We're, wow. we're not we're not talking about how good I was in a charity oh, basketball so, oh, game. Sorry, we talking about the charity uh, basketball game, media versus sports, right? Correct. And you were what? Because you do both. That's true. I was on the sports team, but with we had like any, a plan. Any, any real big names? Uh, there, um, Victoria Bach, who plays on the women's national hockey team. She was there. Okay. Not really a basketball player, but but she's a great athlete. Um, Ailish, I forget her last name now. Oh, Ailish from, uh, from, uh, the fan. Prokov, is that her last name? Uh, Anyway, yeah, she works for sports. She used to play pro hockey. She was Mm -hmm. on our team. She was great. Um, and actually was a, a couple, like a husband and wife who were the best players. And uh, they're both involved in Canada, like 3v3. So they were legit. But we traded Alex to the other team. And he basically <laughs> ran the show for the media side. But it was exciting. But I think it, like, peaked for a charity game. Like, it was tied at the end of regulation. Then we went to overtime. And then the fun factor got sucked out of the game entirely. <laughs> it became way too competitive. Yeah. <laughs> really? but the, yeah. But the students who organized it um, did, uh, did a great job. I think and my they, friend uh, Karina Mustafa was doing um, yep. some content around it. Yeah, and and Nira Zainab. Yes. Yeah, they're they're brilliant. Yeah, they're they both did so a talented. Fantastic job! Like so many hours of of prep and organizing, and not just the game and getting the people there, but everything that was around it. And I think they they raised fifteen hundred or or two grand for MLSE Foundation, which was part really? of the reason why I went. Because people were like, "You came from Montreal for this." But well, in fairness, they raised five thousand, but they had to pay you assholes. <laughs> no, left. But it, it's a it's a great it's a great cause because um, it, it you, gives youth and communities ac- like equitable access to sport, which is massive. You met you mentioned the competitiveness took the fun out. Was that you, Amy? You took the yeah, fun mostly. out. So you cock blocked. No, Amy <laughs> cock blocked overtime for everybody. No, I was <laughs> I was intense, but I wasn't uh, I I wasn't too intense. But in fact, there was a time because like the there were maybe three or four women on each team, um, but a lot of very tall men who were playing. So my two baskets were from the outside. I wasn't doing a whole lot of delving. Um, you know, in, in the key, just running through and looking for the ball on the other side. But um, what was my point in telling this? I don't know. 
I don't remember either. Oh, yes. So the competitiveness. So I was marking like uh, a woman who had at least three or four inches on me. And so I was looking for like with my hands, like as she's kind of running behind me, just sort of hand checking, not nothing overly aggressive. She's like, you're gonna have to stop doing that with your hand. And I was like, I'm just looking for you. You've got like four inches on me. I need I need to know where you are so I can mark you properly. She's like, well, it's too much. You need to stop. (laughs) And like old, I'm not saying old Amy, I would have doubled down on it. I would have grabbed her. I would have pinched her. I would have like gone in heavy. And I was like, it's okay. Like she's having a moment. I'm just going to back off a little bit. But I I still kept hand checking. I I had to. Can we find the rosters online somewhere? Yeah, we track this person. Yeah, yeah. She said it yeah. very nicely, but I was clearly in no, a kitchen. No, she did I massive freaking bullshit your move. buttons a little bit. That's annoying. You've got to stop that, please. Like, stop. Amy's, no, no. That. Amy's the knowing one. She's like the Ken, yeah, no, Ken Linsman. Ken Linsman <laughs> of, of charity basketball matches. <laughs> Let's use a football. Uh, Jimmy, who was the most annoying player to play against back in your playing days in English football? Like, it really got under people's skin. Robbie Savage. I'm going to say Robbie Savage. Is Stubbs Robbie Savage? Yeah. Yeah, he could be. Could be? Jimmy Bullard as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. Big, I know he's a talker, right? But was he oh, annoying? Talk, and talk all game. He's but he was funny, though. Funny. funny. But one of these guys would say Jimmy Brennan. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> That's good, though. You, just, you know, you want to get in people's heads. Get them Memorable. Anyway You're you memorable. Yeah. Bit yeah, of banter, fine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't embarrass myself, which was which is the big thing for the charity basketball game. You didn't embarrass it before the actual match game. You were sending, you were so bored in your hotel room. You were sending <laughs> us videos of taking all sorts of positions for us. Oh come on! Well, I had <laughs> to say, I had to frame it that, that way. way. I had to frame it that way. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> no, so Dubs uh, was obviously jealous of all the the love that Wonga was getting for the video, and said, "Well, I can do things too, you know." Yeah. And she sent a video from a few years ago of, of uh, a literal uh, handstand, some weird yoga pose, doing all the splits and weird stuff in a handstand. Yeah. So then she was, of course, challenged by the pod. Well, can you still do it? <laughs> and you know what? She fucking can. <laughs> yeah, I did it. It was yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. I got to tell you, look bloody painful. No, it's okay. It's like can a- you post that video? Can you post it? Yeah. No, let's not do that. Oh, you know come on. If no. you're going to show us idiots, show the rest of the idiots. <laughs> but then you guys were talking, you're like double down on, you're like, okay, for our OnlyFans content, can you do the same thing but naked? It's like, no, I will not be doing that. <laughs> so we're on the website soon, and we have to have this kind of content for the website. Yeah. Content is king. We need as much content as possible. Stupid human tricks. Yeah, is there there something, though, that you guys can do, like you've always been able to do? It's not really a skill that you have to practice or or continually hone. Like, for Mm. me, I've always been able to do a handstand. Mm. I can juggle pretty well. Like, I could probably juggle two balls. I can juggle. Maybe five. (laughs) You can juggle too, Jimmy. That's terrible technique. (laughs) I know. You can juggle as well, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. only three off. balls. I can't do four. Have you tried? Like, do you put much time into this to throw one ball, no, one more ball into the mix? Taught myself when I was bored one day. There was three oranges on the table, and I just thought, "Fuck it, I'll try it with these." Oh yeah, and then I got good at it. Do you by chance have three oranges available to, to you now. right now? Three? Oranges? No, I don't actually. Just take one of the, some of the ornaments off the tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Imagine>. Seriously. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, okay. So anyway, yeah, content's king. So this kind of stuff's gold. So juggling, uh, dubs's weird positions, that, all that kind of stuff. We'll make <laughs> our new and to your answer, no, I haven't got anything I'm, I'm actually good at. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever. Um, okay, so football. Ganacho, the goal that stopped the world. Man, Jimmy, that was something, wasn't it? I mean, I, I, we all, everyone loves a good scissor kick over yeah. the top. Um, you, you see it every week, someone trying it, and usually gets squiff wide or miss hit or into someone. But this one was absolutely as good as I think I've ever seen. It was a great finish. Great finish. And considering how far out he was as well, and I think it, was, it goes over Rashford. You can actually see Rashford looking, going, oh, this is going to go out for probably a throw-in. And all of a sudden, he just kind of backpedals a little bit and hits it perfectly. What a finish that was. Ridiculous. It almost reminded me. Do you remember Trevor Sinclair when he was at QPR? Yeah. Outside absolutely. the box? That was the goal that um, stole goal of the year from Danny Dicchio. Yeah. Their teammates, right? And Disha scored an incredible goal earlier in the season. And then Sinclair did that. And he's like, fuck, there we go. <laughs> Just yeah. lost my goal of the year award, but that was a brilliant one. Which one was better, do you think? I think Sinclair's was further out, wasn't it? It was just outside the box, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Probably a little better. Yeah. This one's been compared to Rooney's against yeah. Man City, and, and this was a better one. But yeah. it was the occasion, I think, for Rooney. It was against Man City when it happened in the game. Um, but as far as technically dubs, I mean, this was couldn't have been done any better. Even the way he kind of repositioned himself to get to it to start with yeah that was it for me it was the it was the footwork orienting himself um the timing of it but the fact if you're going to compare it to to Rooney's I don't remember Trevor Sinclair's but um was the fact that he had to kind of seek it out a little bit he had to go back and get it um Garnacho did and then the timing of it and you were saying Charms that what took away from the goal for you was a celebration. And I think <laughs> I was I joking, by the way, no, I was kind of kidding, but going back to look at it after the fact, because obviously it was a, just a worldy, just a stunning display of technique um, and something that United desperately needed, right? Like this is mm-hmm. the first time they've won by three goals. You can argue that maybe that goal uh, when it came uh, and exactly um, how it, um, sort of w- was conjured or the way that that ball came across and Garnacho just figures out a way to, to get around it. And that bicycle kick, just, just the spectacle of it was everything they needed to sort of galvanize them and sort of get them over the line and convince them that they could be um, a, a side that could overrun somebody, you know, and it, that type of goal can do it for, for a squad. But then it's almost like he stuns himself. You know, it's like he's, I can't believe I've done this. And then he runs over and you almost look at his face. So after you said that about the Ronaldo celebration, I watched him and he, it's almost like he can't figure out what to do because he surprised himself yeah. with the quality. I love that goal. even more. Even though, when he was shaking his hand, like, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. But that was the best. I wish that had been almost a celebration than being mobbed by his, yeah. by his teammates. You know what I mean? It would have been it's almost more bashful, right? Somehow. Almost like embarrassed. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. You know what, I, what I really loved about it, and you guys will know this, is that. Because that ball's getting whipped in and it's coming in quick, it's just, it's a reaction. Like yeah. the thought process isn't there where he's going, oh, you know, I'm going to wait yeah, for this inst- ball and then I'm going to do something. Yeah. It's just instinctive where you just turn and just bicycle and you just, wow. And I think that's probably why he's amazed too, going, holy shit, I thought about that quick, really quick. But <laughs> Jimmy, it changes though. So go ahead, Jim. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, you guys both said you, you fucked around at the end of practice doing this shit, right? Like, 
it seems like some it's you know i remember playing basketball with my friends and at the end of practice we you know try our trick shots and all that what if the yeah. but it's, oh there it is we've got it up nice yeah. i like that nice rashford face to face with mikalenko dallow joining in from fullback dallow for god yeah. Oh, wow. oh wow that's spectacular yeah because you know oftentimes you see with bicycle that kicks it's the, the weight goals. it's the split second or the second or two you see it coming and you almost see the thought process special it's like a yeah. pause where they jump up and do it but he's not done that the balls come across and immediately he's backtracking he's taking those couple steps and then he's up and he's connecting with it and he couldn't have connected How with it any better no. that's that but look at his face point. look at him <laughs> but this is my well, point when you guys were messing around one of these did you ever hit it so well like because they won't see did you do well with it do you know what i mean for a long long time yeah but i don't think it, like it's not often you get opportunities in a match to do that it's very rare but like when he when he's going back the going back to adjust himself that momentum actually helps him with that mm -hmm. that scissor it helps him and that's why the technique was was so good but very rare does it does it happen in a match where you're where you're able to do that because a lot of time it comes in a box, you might see a guy try to do a scissor, but it's a big scramble and the box is congested and, you know, defenders coming in, getting his head on it. And, but they're just, almost boxing out the defender and yeah. then they're just doing it on the spot. It's not as dynamic. I think that's yeah. what was so impressive about it. Yeah. And no, it, uh, Wonger, to your point about practicing it, like I never practiced shit like that. Like I wasn't skillful enough to to do that. But But you do practice other things that maybe you won't ever do in a match until the moment presents itself maybe once or twice in a season or maybe even over your career but it enters into that that realm of of athleticism where everything slows down mm. and that's what that moment was to me where he was really in like that flow state where there was very little thought it was just relying purely upon his skill yeah. and he just did it instinctively that's the word that i keep coming back to is that there was very little thought it was just do and that's when the best of the best execute and execute to perfection but in moments like that where it produces highlights that are going to live forever like you're going to see that goal for years and years and years and years yeah no it was brilliant but you know even even after training wonger you know when you talk about practicing it like since you're when you're a little kid like my youngest is what, nine ten now and You'll see them. You know how old he is? How old is yeah. he? Well, he's nine. He's turning 10. So, <laughs> he's nine, 16. But like nine, even, 10, even 11. at that age, like the young age, they'll try their little overheads. They'll try scissors. Yeah. And then when you get into the pros as well, like I remember the Y guys would be just whipping it in and you'd be in the box solo and you you hit it with scissor kicks or you do some overheads, little mess around. Managers used to hate it. Yeah. They used to hate it because they, they don't want you to get injured trying an overhead kick. Yeah, but it's important what you're saying about seeing kids practice those types of things and making sure that they maintain that that confidence to be able to mm. to do it and that they're in an environment where that's encouraged, that you're not stamping that out. Because yeah. I think oftentimes people see it as as hot dogging and oh, you think you're better than the rest of the team and all that sort of thing. Like that's a type of like individualism and and just qualities that make a player unique and special that I think here in Canada, we shouldn't be snuffing out. We should be looking to stoke and develop, you know? And I mean, I'm not saying that that's something that 
as you know, I, I coach my twins who are in U9 that I necessarily want them doing when we're meant to be doing passing drills or things we you know that I've, I've told them to do and they're off on the side because that's, that's the, that's the issue with that age, right? Is like, guys, stop shooting, like bring the balls back and like, let's go. We're just doing small touches and they always want to shoot on net. And that's great. But I think it's important to, to leave 10 minutes, you know, that yes, it's structured, but you give them, you give them the occasion that the chance to really just fuck around. And that's what I think we're, we're losing a little bit. You always have to make room for that. That is the, the fine line, right? To control that. Because, I mean, I've always been one to say, oh, kids, you know, they, they, I, I love the whole only black boots, no names on shirts. But then at the same time, it's like you want to encourage individuality and uniqueness. So where is that line drawn? You want to get kids trying shit without the fear of being in trouble from their coach. And that's how you encourage and that's how you, you, you nurture this kind of creativity. Yeah, Whereas at the same time, you don't want big-time Charlies. No. At the same, look, when, when a player goes onto the pitch, that's their time to express themselves. That's a footballer's – that's their theater. It's go out there, go go play, go express yourself. What you don't want is individuals that are too worried about their image and being too fancy and making sure that the socks are up in the fancy boots and they forget the basic fundamentals of the game where it's keep the keep it simple. Because at the pro level, it's – you have to play simple. It's one, two touch at times. You might get a little opportunity, one V one out wide. And, but it's when these individuals get carried away and, you know, everybody wants to be a Neymar. Well, that's the truth. And the fact of the matter is there's only a couple of individuals that are going to be a, that Neymar type of player. There's only a couple of individuals that's going to be that messy. So focus on the simple things. Can you pass from A to B? Because that's really your job in football and how to receive a ball and how to open up and how to pass. And then the, the rest, the rest is just, it's fun. Like Dubs is saying, you know, after training, have 10 minutes on your own and go, go mess around and do your little stuff because maybe there might be an opportunity in one game where you get to do it, but it's, it's the, the basics that you gotta, you gotta master. As coaches though, when you see some young player who has that ability to try stuff and, and you know, yeah. things that other, most of his teammates or her teammates can't even consider. Do you take them aside and have a little chat? And say, listen, it's okay. You you can try some stuff. We we deal with them differently to the average player who. Yeah, do you know what I, I did? I, I had a couple of players that were kind of like that. You know, that that were jinxy. They want to take guys on. They had that creativity. Um, and some players would get frustrated with it. But for me, if you're in that final third, do go express yourself. Do something. Create a little bit of magic. Be that little bit of difference. Now, if you're doing it in your own in your own third. And around your own box, and you're doing step overs and flicks, and no, 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 fuck, get yourself and, back up <laughs> and keep the uppies like uh, keep the uppies. <laughs> someone we know. So there's, there's, certain, there's certain areas on the pitch that you you want them to do that, especially in the mm. final third when you're attacking. That's where you want that little bit of magic, yeah. but so not think, in your own half. Right. It's it's embracing and allowing the individual to shine, to feel comfortable, to develop that confidence, but then giving them the awareness of when, when to use it, when to employ it. So that that individual are, they're distinguishing themselves, but they're still part of the collective. They're not better than they're, there's somebody else who's lending their skill to the team in order for the team to succeed. And I think you see it it, with, um, with Pep and, and Doku and the way that he's encouraging that, that direct play and even saying, you know, leaving Grealish on the bench. And so has Grealish been, and this is, this is an argument that I've heard is he been, overcoached by Pep is saying they're not the same player, 
I think that Doku is a, a much more direct. He's taking players on much more than than Grealish, who, who to me is less north south, um, but has that jinkiness, like to steal your word, Jimmy, about his game. Yeah. Um, but that that Pep is is encouraging him to to just do what he does best um, and to fully express himself. But he's obviously still fitting within the collective and the way that uh, they they want to. Um, you know, impose themselves on the match and really control a match, which is what it's about. So it's that, again, that that dynamism versus the control in, in terms of the match, in terms of getting the result, but then also the individuals within that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, hey, JC, can you, can you look up on YouTube Trevor Sinclair goal? QPR. Oh yeah, it's I had it up. Just... I had it up like five minutes ago, and then but I was I wasn't quick enough, and he moved on to Rooney, and I'm like, oh, I better go to Rooney, and then I was like, oh fuck it, I'll put up one. Trying to dig up again. I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask Amy and Jimmy talking about that skilled player. Was there who was that player for you guys when you played? Where you went, oh man, I'll never like whether on your team or against that you went, oh that's that's a level that I'll never get to. And I know we've talked some names. I remember Kara Lang was. You said she could really kick the ball like she had a little a thunder leg. But who is that skilled player? Well, sorry, I don't know. Lightning leg. What I don't know, like leg <laughs> used. But what was who is that player where you went, oh my God, that's a, that's another level? Um, I'd have to give that some thought. Do you have anybody off the top of your head, Jimmy? I'm trying to think. Like Were you there with Darren Huckabee, Jimmy? Yeah, Hux Hux was kind of like that in that final third. He was incredible. Yeah. I was with Hux at. Uh, oh, shit. There it is. There's the. Sorry to interrupt. He's There's a the D. Goal. He is far out. My God. It's an incredible goal. And it loops over the goalkeeper. He's outside the box, middle of the box. Everyone just uh, just YouTube it. I think it's. Man, crazy. I think it's better than Ganacho, which is ridiculous. I mean, Christ, they're both two absolutely phenomenal goals. But it's also where, where the cross is coming from. Like that service, when you when you take a look at it, it's almost, well, I mean, it's, it's going forward, it's progressed, but it's almost a square ball. So to me, that's harder to hit than, say, the ball that Garnacho receives where it's coming back. I don't know, maybe you can speak to that, Jimmy, like a, a ball that's coming across your body in order to hit it, to connect with it with your laces in, in the right. Like you have to hit it almost sweeter than the ball that's coming closer to the, to the, to the touchline or the byline, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Sinclair on that one. That that's very difficult because that timing has got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. If he's half an inch off, that ball's getting sliced somewhere else. Yeah, timing it's out for a throw. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's an incredible goal. It's one of my favorites of all time. So Jimmy, so you're saying about Huckabee, Darren Huckabee? Yeah, I played he with really, Darren I mean, Huckabee. Injuries in the end got to him, right? And that's the reason he didn't press. Yeah, his ankles. He had issues with his ankles and that. But but Darren Huckabee, I played with him at uh, Forest and I played with him at Norwich. Um, but he, he was he was a game changer, absolute game changer. Had the pace, wanted to take players on. He he was good. He was very very good. And there were certain players that were like that. He was like that. There was a uh, Craig Bellamy was kind of like that. Um, Brian Giggs, all those kind of wide players that wanted to take players on, but had the pace. They had the pace, mm-hmm. and they didn't overdo it at times. They were just clever with it, right? Did you play with Bellamy somewhere? No, against no. Him. Okay, against him, yeah. How was he to play against? He was a little uh, shit. Disturbing. He was a little shit. Yeah. But it's funny because he got his teeth done. And I remember everybody used to hammer him. <laughs> and it looked like horse teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> he was some player. But he loved them. But, but he had great banter. He was, he, he was a great guy. 
Well, remember he got in trouble. He was obviously quite controversial. He got in trouble for uh, didn't he get in a attack someone with a golf club? Yeah, it's some golf right, club yeah, incident, yeah, right? Yeah. And then the next, it all made the tabloids. Craig Bellamy, this thug, and then he scores a goal for Liverpool. And then his celebration was <laughs> teeing off. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So good. Well, that, that um, was like, remember, uh, who was it? Uh, from Liverpool, the striker. Robbie Fowler. The, the Robbie Fowler. Remember when, they, when they kept oh. saying that he was doing cocaine, he scored a goal and tried to snort the line? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got a big fine for that. He got banned, didn't yeah. he? I think that's a ban. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Robbie Fowler is an absolute legend. Oh, I'd love to get him on this show. He'd be brilliant. Some of the stories. And it's looking like he's Rob Brindamore, don't you find? Every every time I see Rob Brindamore, I'm like, holy shit. It's it's the nose, right? It's the nose, I think. Yeah, and it's also some like the like the cheekbones. Like anyway. It's either really ugly or really attractive. I don't know what it is. (laughs) One of those, you know? I I think it's trending towards ugly. This is, oh my God, Rob Brindamore is getting trashed, a hockey player. What I love, what a coach, by the way, and what oh, a yeah. player he was. Superb. Yeah. He went to my high school. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. No way. Well, well I would say reach out to him, the, but we can't now. The Royals. Yeah. What? I, I yeah. would say reach out to him and we could chat with him, but we, we can't now, obviously, because Dubs has offended him. No. And Cujo did. Cujo, Cujo as too. well? No. Yeah. What a high school. Was it a sports special high school? Well, we had a we had a what do we have an OHL team with the Newmark Royals. There was there was quite a few quite a few athletes that came out of the school. They we had Ron, Veronica Veronica Brenner, who was the Olympic uh, freestyle ski jumper. She came out of the school. There's a lot. How many oh. footballers? Just you? Uh, just me. Marcel Dion's from here too. Who? Mar- Marcel Dion. Marcel Dion. Marcel Dion. Oh, wow. for Canada, the left back. Oh, I thought you meant the hockey player. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the goalie. Not Sorry, the LA Kings oh, scorer. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the greatest of all time. Oh, I'm a Celtian player. Yeah. Sure there's a lot. Of, listen, there's, there's a lot, a lot of people from uh, that come from, from up this way. McDavid. Yeah, what, what's McDavid, he doing? David, the new market guy. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I'm quite impressed by that. So, Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey, bloody yeah. hell, it never ends. Yeah. Well, he's Get so far he's the, the most pod. famous. Yeah. Can we? Tokyo. Can Jim remember, remember Tokyo Police Club, the band? Yeah. yeah. They're from here, Newmarket. Ooh. Really? What? It's a haven. <laughs> Jamie McCallum. Jamie McCallum, defenseman. Leaf number yep. 34. The, the original 34 before some yeah. other guy took the Jamie number. Jamie McCallum. Wow. Look I love Jimmy McCallum. He, like, he was always in his ass because he wasn't the greatest skater, but good player. John Candy. John Candy. He was Newmarket as well. Candy. Well, yeah, I lived in Sharon, Newmarket, we call it. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the pride in Jimmy's face right now. I know. It's, he, he, he started the Walk of Fame in Newmarket. Are you, do you have your picture in, in your high school walls anywhere? Yeah. Yeah, it was funny because my daughter was playing volleyball the other day and then you – they walk in. You have all all the pictures of all the athletes up on the walls. They're big. It's a big, big football school. Very big now. Do you stand by your picture and just hope that someone makes the connection? <laughs> well, I was doing that while the tournament was going on. Just you standing were, right? under it. It's going. 
<laughs> 50 cups for Canada. <laughs> but do you have your picture on the wall of a Barbie barn? A chicken place in Montreal? I don't think you do. But no, I do. You do? I do. What yeah. is that place? Me and Dave Amber and Rian Wilkinson. Barbie Barn, West yeah, Island. Yeah, but that Dave Amber isn't our Dave Amber. It's not? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Another guy. Yes. It's just another brown guy. But <laughs> didn't he grow up that. in the Montreal area? No, he's from he's from Toronto. He's from oh. the annex in Toronto. Yeah. Never so when mind. you send just it, me, I was just like, me and Ray. Yeah. So you thought it was David Amber, but it wasn't yeah. David Amber. <laughs> well, I didn't think somebody sent the picture to us, like tag Footy Prime on Twitter, and I just assumed it was Dave Amber of. But it was also spelled Hockey. differently. It was Dave A N. It was Amber. A N E E R, which I think is more of an Indian back uh, name or West Indian name. Okay. Yeah. Dubs, this is not your finest moment. No, she's no, not. No, it's not. not showing her medal. <laughs> what is the Bobby Barn, though, for stars? What is it? Oh. It's like a chicken place. Chicken and ribs. Oh, Barbecued yeah. chicken and ribs. Yeah. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yep. Used to go there. It was a treat once a year. I'd go there when I was in Montreal. And how did you end up getting your picture with Rian and, and some guy on the wall? Well, it was like we we're individually honored like over the years. So at the time I was with the West Island Track Club and I'd won the 800 oh. and the 1500 and done well so i got my picture and a free meal at the barbie barn <laughs> so you're on there for your track exploits not your football exploits yes. yep oh that's pretty cool mm-hmm. and rian the same or was she there for her football exploits i think it was football but rian played a bunch of different sports as well i was really hoping you were going to say because the number of wings you could eat in one sitting <laughs> yeah <laughs> good <laughs> it was not <laughs> what is the most wings you could probably eat in one sitting do you think me? Three pounds of wings. Three pounds. JC and I are staring at each other because every time we eat wings, we're like 45. <laughs> every, every time I, I go out to, you know, lunch or whatever with you guys, you're you basically like pounding wings. All of you guys. Yeah. Like all of the all of the salad. You guys are like two pounds of wings. <laughs> yeah, you could do three pounds of wings, eh, Wonga? Oh, yeah. So? Probably five. Pretty five easy. pounds, Riley. Pounds. Yeah. 50 wings? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can eat 50 wings. I can eat like three. You know, when uh, John John Belushi goes, uh, uh, four, four, four fried chickens or four baked chickens, remember in Blues Brothers? And he eats oh, four yeah. chickens. <laughs> I could I could probably eat four chickens in one in one like three hours sitting. You can eat 50 wings. Yes. I, now do you I, need do you need I vegetables like... or fries to kind of separate into kind no, of No, no, just wings, eh? 
I feel like there's a line. Like I was impressed maybe like a minute ago and now I'm disgusted. Like I've gone. (laughs) It's like, Oh, you can. And I'm like, no, why, why would you do that? Pounder wings done. How many wings is that? Solid. Like Like 10 wings. Mm -hmm. Is it? JC has seen me eat two pounds of wings and then still eat some off of his plate. Yeah. (laughs) Where I'm like, "Eh, that one looks like sweet chili tie. That's okay. Let's try that. I find at the two pound mark, I get it, they get a bit wingy for me. If you know what I'm saying, there's something about them. Did you say a bit a, wingy? A bit wingy, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I could probably physically eat more food, maybe. But there's something about this. There, maybe it's the deep friedness of them. I prefer the other yeah. ones. Anyway, I don't but. like all the sauces on it. I just like salt and pepper and dip it in hot sauce. Done. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you a hot wing guy? Longer. Not to continue this conversation too much longer. Yeah, I'm, about, I'm but, a uh, hot wing guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, hot so wing. two pounds plus of hot wings. Yes. Yeah. That would just destroy me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it destroys oh, never, me. Never be, never be this. <laughs> <laughs> it destroys it, me. It, it ruins takes it my back evening. to the beginning. Like, Wong <laughs> getting his bathroom redone. This is yeah, another exactly. reason why his bathroom yeah, Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Yes. Charging <laughs> now. He brought us all the way around. Good God. That's a great hosting there. See, it's all part of the plan. You planned it. Yeah. Uh, back to Ganacho. Did you hear, um, I don't know if you saw the Sky Sports post-game interview with Bruno Fernandes and Ganacho. No. It was just brilliant. And, I, you know, we kind of hammer Bruno Fernandes. Not my but, favorite. But he is, he's a smart guy, right? He's so well-spoken. Um, his post-match comments were, were just brilliant. He, he's basically saying, because they're trying to just kind of champion Ganacho and saying, wow, what a goal, and then giving him the man of the match for that goal. And, mm-hmm. and this Bruno saying, yeah, you know, very gritty. He goes, yeah, he's a great player. He goes, no, sorry, sorry. He's not a great player, but he could be a great player. Oh. And, and he's saying it half seriousness. And because there's a young guy who's obviously looks up to Bruno Fernandes. And uh, he goes, uh, obviously watches a lot of uh, Cristiano and, and says, you know, basically saying he's got a lot of work. To do. He goes, he wasn't the man of the match, but I'm going to give it to him anyway for the goal. But he was basically looking at this, maybe the shortcomings in his game as well. But it was just really, I don't know, the way he framed it all was superb. Look it up, we get a chance. Um, and then he talks about, you know, why he gave Marcus Rashford the ball for the penalty, because usually it's Fernandez from the spot. And he goes, oh, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus clearly just needs some confidence. That's why I did it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's why I gave him the ball. It wasn't about me. It's about him, who is a great player, but needs that little, little push. And I thought for all the times I've hammered Bruno Fernandez, I've I got to support him here because he was outstanding. That was great leadership, I thought. I love Bruno Fernandez because he snubbed Ronaldo when they started training for the World <laughs> Remember Cup. That? Last yeah. year. That's the only reason I like him. Well, that's what the, <laughs> the, the that's the no, narrative but... around the the, the three second video clip. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. it, I, it seemed like a snub though. It's like, hey, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not a Bruno Fernandez fan, but now listening to you talk about him there and I I did like that gesture where he gave the ball to Rashford, who's so desperate for a goal. Um, and then I got really, I got really nervous. You know, you're watching a game, you don't have any skin in it. And um, I just, I found myself in those couple seconds when Rashford was clearly going to take that spot kick. I thought, oh my God, please, please make it. Like I felt really, uh, you know, like I, I really, really wanted him to to be able to finish it. And uh, will that be enough for him to sort of get over that hump? I don't know, but. Obviously, when he get he gets back onto that left hand side, you can see him a little bit more comfortable in that game. But yeah, back to Bruno Fernandez, I love that, and maybe I need to listen to more post game interviews with Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, I might yeah. appreciate him a little bit more. Yeah, me too. But that was great leadership. 
for him so, to yeah, do that. You can probably find it on others. YouTube. Yeah, exactly. More, more about him. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was the story of the weekend, that that goal. But obviously, the, the, the marquee matchup, good games this weekend, by the way, but City really won, games. Liverpool won. Uh, the 23-game win streak at home comes to an end for, for Man City. Haaland, though, the quickest player to ever score 50 goals. It's 48 games in 17. 17 goals, sorry, games quicker than anyone else in the Premier League history. Pretty amazing. He is pretty good, despite what you guys might say. <laughs> Even you think so, Sharps? <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, I mean, what a great point for Liverpool, you know, um, we know what City are. We're still trying to figure out what Liverpool is. Are they actually a genuine title contender? But I think from, from that match, you have to say that they are, aren't they? That was a decent performance. They were outplayed, I think, for much of that game, but they they found a way and, and they didn't, you know, concede when perhaps last year they would have conceded. And a game, I think, too, that um, Allison was quite uneven. He was poor. Yeah, I mean, he he did have to come up big, but his distribution, I found, was particularly poor. And that is unlike him. Um, so for to go back to your point, Charms, for, for Liverpool to still be able to get a point, steal a point, you might say, given the way I think that City performed, um, I think they're left wanting a little bit in, in their eyes. They see it as, as two drop points. But for Liverpool, that was absolutely crucial. And I loved... I loved um, I love Trent Alexander-Arnold's celebration. Loved it. I know. He, he could be in trouble for that. Why? I mean, I'm not sure this is a bullshit tabloid story, but the Mirror was, was talking about this, saying that he could be considered to be, um, you know, basically what's engaging the fans too much. Like inciting them? Inciting them, yeah, that's the word, yeah. Which is bullshit if it happens. No. I, mean, I thought it was great too, just standing there with his finger over his yeah. lips and just for in front a, of the yeah. ball. For Imagine a celebration... That that's overused, right? I think you know we're we we're kind of jokingly like you, you said about Garnacho, like his goal goes from a ten on ten to a nine on ten because of the Ronaldo celebration. Like not really, but and we talked about why. I think he just stunned himself, but I think that shush celebration is overused, and you need to pick your spot. And that was the perfect occasion to use it. That's when it should be used. It's when you're being the taken the piece, of the moment. Yeah, right. Because he's obviously yes. being hammered by the fans. Yeah, hammered by them. All game long, he's mm-hmm. a white player, right? Apart from in possession, <laughs> let's not get to that. Um, he's a white. So as Jimmy knows, white players they they take it from the fans, right? Because it's easier to get to them. Oh yeah, we take it. It's horrible. Did you ever the do the, uh, the shush? Have they ever shushed to the fans? Have I ever shushed them? No. No. Just he's too busy pointing to his name on the back. Yeah, pointing to my name. name. Like, look what I can do. Yeah. Let's have a good run. But that was a well-taken goal, though. It was a lovely goal, wasn't it? He had a great game and all. I thought it was fantastic. He really did. But that goal, like it was for me, obviously it's, it's, um, it's Trent, it's his ability to, to get that shot off as quickly as he did. It's, it's done two touch, but he's able to, to sort of thread it in between players. But it was Gakpo that when Salah receives the ball, creating that space for him to come into. And then for him to get that shot off as quick as he did, um, that was absolutely crucial. So a, a well, well-timed and well-taken goal by by him, but for Liverpool as well, um, as a team to be able to to equalize at that point was massive. I and massive in terms goal. of the table, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, third place though, they actually dropped down because Arsenal won. But I, right. I thought Gekpo and Gravenberg, um, when they came on, made a real difference. There were some some nice 
subs by by club. Trent, by the way, has uh, the big news has switched from Under Armour to Adidas. New boot deal. Haven't got the numbers, but apparently one of the biggest boot deals ever. And generally speaking, players don't make that much from boot deals. I think it's a bit of a... Uh, people think unfairly that, that players make millions from boot deals, but traditionally that isn't the case. I'm not sure what he's getting for these, but switching gear means that... I mean. Jimmy, tell me, I mean, what was what's your boot of choice? Was it throughout your career or do you switch brands? Uh, I swapped because I was sponsored. So I, I had Valsport um, and then I had Umbro. And you do, you make you make some money off of it, but then they, have, just give you, they give you loads of product. Yeah, is it mainly products? I mean, can you do it? Mostly product. You get, you'll get a few grand, whatever it was like okay. back then. Who yeah. paid the most, Umbro or Valsport? Uh, Umbro, Umbro was a good, good deal. Was it? Valsport was with some decent money because that was when they were trying to get into into the game. They made great boots as well. But then, that I wore, then I wore Nike after. Oh, did you? Was that a deal as well? Uh, that was just product, product gear and all that kind of stuff. You got a couple of bucks, but nothing big. Right. So when you switch gear, though, I mean, does it is it a big deal as far as I mean boots are boots, right? Really at that level. They no, they 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 fit different. They do charms. There's certain boots that you really like, and then if they stop making those boots, then you got to go find another boot that you like. Because sometimes they'll give you them, and then you're like, "Oh, I don't like these. I don't like the way that they feel." They all feel different. Mm-hmm. But you do. You're, you're making concessions as well. So, like, I always wore Adidas growing yeah. up, like the classic Copas. Um, and going back to what you were saying at the beginning, charms, you know, like maybe not. Um, like stoking or encouraging that individuality, like that wasn't me to be a player with flash and flair. So I was always very your, traditional your black boots, with my right? boot cho- Yeah, black yeah, boots. get in the love, <laughs> love it. Yeah, but like really aware of it as well. You know, like not thinking that I could go out of that really narrow box. Like I had to. I was never a player that could wear like a different color boot. Do you I, think if you did, you would have played differently? Absolutely not. Because I, I wore some flash boots. <laughs> I played with some flash boots once, and I tried a whole bunch of shit that I couldn't do. Did you scuff a penalty? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was never given that responsibility. Trust me. Um, but I, uh, I yeah, so color, I went back to my black boots straight away. I always wore colored boots. Of course, you did. That fits. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have your name stitched on them? Funny enough, yes. Let me go get I, them. Oh please do! Uh, yeah, he was just please, Charms. Did he? Did he like private message you that no. question? Like, so let's be honest. Team me up dubs, with this. We knew the answer to that question, right? Yeah, yeah of, of course. course we did. It actually was a natural <laughs> segue from his pointing mantle. to his name. He doesn't have to go far. They're sitting yeah. on his mantle. He's pretending he to go walk them. for them, exactly. and then they're actually under the desk. No, yeah, but I yeah, start exactly. to go back he's to, wearing to them. me. He's wearing them before Jimmy gets back here. He's probably going to get himself an espresso as well. But I right. had Adidas for a long time. Then at Nebraska, we were sponsored by Fila before they Ooh. actually went back to Adidas. And we had some like now would be like classic, almost throwback stuff. But it was like we were wearing like red parachute pants almost when I was there in the late 90s. <laughs> so it'd be good now, like as kind of a wink. But it was just it, it wasn't this. great. You can't. But I wore, yeah, exactly. (laughs) They were like hammer (laughs) pants. Yeah. (laughs) So I wore them, but the fit for Fila was actually quite similar to say like a classic Copa for Adidas. And then later on in my career, I was sponsored by Puma. 
And I a little, uh, I liked Puma, like their, their gear was nice, like their, you know, their kit and their casual stuff. But in terms of their boots at that point, say like uh, 2006 ish to the end of my career, it was, it was good. They were serviceable, but I, I still preferred Adidas, but I was sponsored by them. And as Jimmy said, it was, it was mostly just product or, you know, you get like a, a gift card for a couple grand and that was your deal. For Arby's? Yeah. For Barbie Barn. For <laughs> yeah. five pounds of wings. Um, so you are here. making a little bit of concessions, but anyway, but they were good. Here's the Umbros. They are nice looking boots. You so. got to turn your microphone on, Jimmy. You walked away and turned it off. These these were my favorite boots ever. Me I and, like them. They're me good. Me and Adrian Sierra wore these. I wore these in England. and they Describe were the them. Most Describe comfortable them. boot I've ever worn in my life. They're called Umbro Elite. Mm. They were amazing. They're nice looking boots. They're good, like like style wise though. They've got like that gold heel. They've got a little bit of red on them. So comfy. Black and white. Red best nice. boot. Like best boot I ever wore. Right there. And then I got these ones. The number came out with the SX. Ooh, that's a cool a looking. Bit, a little ostentatious for me. And this yeah. this is the product here is it's like from Michelin. <laughs> it's a rubberized front there. Yeah, yeah. I love those. You know what and they, they look like? Baseball the gold ones when I had Phoenix. But first, so, Jimmy, for the listeners out there not watching this, uh, nice. oh, okay. So we got Jimmy. So your, your previous boot first, Jimmy had was it Jimmy or Brennan on the Jimmy? So Jimmy eleven. I'm <laughs> sorry, had a child. but Jimmy, how are you going with Jimmy and not Brennan? Uh, who knows? <laughs> You're not Brazilian. Why did <laughs> yeah, you go with is. Jimmy? <laughs> he is. He's Madonna. I didn't ask for him. They just, they just sent Brennan. Them. And then your, your your first child's born. Yeah, Phoenix. You got this. They're nice. So, so yeah. did you ask for those, or were they just a little surprise for you? No, they just sent them. Really, I those like those great. a lot. Yeah, so they, nice. they made these ones custom, right? You know, to to fit your foot, everything about it. But they give me boxes of them. But I always went back to these ones, and then they would get pissed off. <laughs> They're like, "You got to wear the new ones." I'm like, "But I don't like the new ones. I like the fucking yeah. old ones." And I yeah. still got about eight pairs left, so I'm wearing these. And the we all have slightly... to get a pair for Christmas or something. We all walk around in Jimmy's shoes at a bar. We all yeah. gain an inch in the studs. And, and... then slip as you get into the yeah, washroom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I like those down ones. The Jimmy, the ones that you kept going back to, like oh, the, the laces the that are just slightly off center. Yeah, they were like Ooh. a I like those a lot. Yeah. And they well, were why, nice why, and do why do you prefer the off center laces? I just like as long as the, the fit's still good. Like it, it just gives you, I mean, it doesn't give you a cleaner touch. You either have a good touch or you don't, but like you have the, um, you know, I don't know, as, as a player, like the, the, the feel is maybe improved, but it's really, it just goes back to, to what feels good for you, regardless of all the bells and whistles on the boot. Mm-hmm. But I always like the slightly off center laces. Hey, Jimmy, when you're at MLS, uh, that was Adidas sponsored league. Yeah. Did they pressure you to wear Adidas boots? Yeah. If you didn't have a boot deal, you had to wear Adidas. But, okay, so only if you had a boot deal could you. Uh, yeah. Okay. So when you signed your contract, if it was in your contract that you were sponsored, then it kind of got grandfathered in. But if you didn't have it, then you had to go with Adidas. Which isn't the worst thing in the world, let's be honest. Pretty no, no, boots. the Adidas boots were, were good. They were good, good boots. Yeah. With boot. the national team worst as well, boot. though, I remember the 99 World Cup, unless you wore Adidas boots, like whether you had a deal or not, and that but at that point, I think maybe Charmaine was the only person who had a deal. Maybe one other person. Um, you had to. We had to take sharpies to our boots, mm-hmm. and make them all black because no other logo was permitted. 
Yeah, that's right. Because I, I was with Valsport in the under 20s. And then we were in uh, the under 20 CONCACAF championship. And I couldn't wear my Valsports. They said I had to wear Adidas. Hmm. And then I just took all the, the label off of my Valsports. And then took a silver Sharpie and wrote Jimmy. One, one. But, but the problem too, like the boots that they gave us, they gave us Copas. Copas were, I, I liked them, but they weren't for me because I love my boots really, really tight. And it was back yeah. then it was that kangaroo leather. And then they when stretched you looked in, so much, they stretched way too much. Yeah. And you knew, I remember when you got them, you used to look at the tag and it said, if it said Germany, you know, you were getting the, the best Copas. And then they had the other ones that were made in like <laughs> Indonesia. <laughs> so we got the German ones. They were, they were a good boot, but just stretched way too much for me. This is great visual stuff. I, I saw someone noticed, um, <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll get these, a lot of, this is great promo stuff, JC, huh? It's brilliant. I love this. I love that. Jimmy 11. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, I know someone noticed that William Nylander, the Leaf all-star winger, um, he has gloves with his dog's names stitched into them, apparently. Someone, I saw that this morning somewhere. I thought, isn't Ooh. that nice? <laughs> he hasn't got kids, obviously. So he's, why do not he have kids? Put your pet's name in, in, in your gloves. Still, um, I, I love gear stories. I always love gear. Um, all right. Um, quickly running out of time here, but uh, Newcastle smashed Chelsea 4-1. Um, Carry Starks. Boy, by the way, from TonyBet.ca, our parlays this week. Uh, the worst club ever, Jimmy Brennan. Yeah, well, uh, I know. Supporters clubs went two wrong out of three. All right. Yeah. We got one wrong. And it was Jimmy Brennan's Leaf pick against Chicago. Now, in fairness, that's a pretty good pick. No, no. Chicago's it's the Leaf, worst the team Leaf in the league. should have won that. He should have won that. What I don't like about that is that we were out of it by Friday at four. I, I know. Our, our, so our parlay was done. And yeah. it was just oh. like, oh, this sucks. That's, That's called awesome. pulling a dubs in the parlay. It was pulling, <laughs> pulling a dubs, dubs yeah. 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 Exactly. Once, as, as JP once upon a time did. <laughs> um, by the way, just go back to the Everton Man U game. Everton outshot United 24-9 in that game. That's the second most ever in a losing cause in the Premier League. Better XG, uh, yet yeah, United make all the headlines with that goal and just, uh, you know, finding a way again. But anyway, sorry, I'm mentioning... Uh, how the Leafs should be in the Blackhawks reminded me of the, the Everton stat there. Mm. Um, Arsenal beat Brentford 2-1. So yeah, Arsenal in first place, despite Aaron Ramsdale having a bit of a, a tough fo- first 45 minutes. Yeah. And then he, he got his shit together, Dubs, in the second half. I'm glad. He's, he's such a personality, right? I like him. Yeah. And I feel like he's been hard done by. And you could look at Arteta to say that he sort of created this situation himself and made it more difficult um, instead of talking about how he has got he's got two number one goalkeepers. But I mean, there's a lot of pressure in that first 45 on Ramsdale, right? After Rhea, for me, like obviously he's preferred by Arteta. But is he and I was watching actually the the recap show for that game because I only caught part of it. And Shea Given, who's an ex goalkeeper himself, to talk about the differences between Rhea and Ramsdale and saying that distribution wise, his feet Rhea has the advantage over Ramsdale, but when you're talking about shot stopping, coming up big in, in big moments when you need your keeper to do that, he gives the nod to Ramsdale. And um, so, so it's interesting, you know, like why, you know, a team that was so great to watch last year, not that they're, 
you know, not a good team this year. But a lot of that, you know, that that argument going back to like the individuals within the collective was more free flowing somehow last year. And this year they've got more control. But is it to their detriment as like a a, a more free flowing, really fluid side? Mm-hmm. And is Ramsdale maybe the, the the better fit for a guy who's more constant at the back? I mean, obviously, there's arguments for each, but I think that Arteta really it bringing Raya in. Um, he came over from Brentford, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe he sort of brought this this issue into his squad himself. Well, I mean, but I think Arsenal had to tighten up, though, right, to take the next step forward sure. as well. Mm-hmm. And Declan Rice coming in, who's been fantastic, yeah, playing that deeper role as well. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a work in progress. I want to get Craig's opinion on this, and we'll ask him on the next podcast about Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. He came out was it last week and saying how he does get distracted during games and he has to engage with the fans and oh. kind of take himself away from the game, which on the surface doesn't sound great from a goalkeeper standpoint. Why aren't you focused for 90 minutes? But I want to get the reality from Craig. When you are doing nothing for most of the game, it must be quite easy to get distracted. Uh, we know find- that Craig, we know that Craig can get distracted. Pretty easily <laughs> <by> <laughs> <our> <laughs> Liverpool man city analysis last Friday. <laughs> it's true though. I'd love to hear his perspective because it's such a different mental game as a goalkeeper. It must be because I can only imagine I've never been one myself, but to be able to stay uh, engaged when you're can be out of the play and uninvolved for long stretches of times. And you were talking charms about how you feel like when chants are happening. And I mean, there certainly were chants going on at Goodison park, right? Like, I mean, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they made their, they made their uh, feelings. Yeah. They, yeah. they really did. So it must've been quite something to be in there, but. Um, like when I was a player and and not many occasions playing in front of thousands and thousands of fans, but, you know, sometimes I did. I think as as a player, it, it just becomes white noise. I could mm-hmm. never if you asked me, like, well, what were they chanting at that point? Like, I've, I have no idea because I was just playing and that was just noise. That was just external. Um, but as a as a goalkeeper, you're you're pulled out of that a little bit. You have to maintain your own little bubble of focus. But there probably is stuff that you're aware of that maybe when you're in the game constantly, you're not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, once we, I keep saying this website, it's coming soon. It'll give us a, a great platform to put additional content on. And I want to do a goalkeeper piece at some point. Mm. Just get a couple of goalies on there with Craig and just kind of tap their brains a little bit. Well, yeah. speaking of like goal, goalkeepers, Max Cripo, like, holy shit, oh. did he have a performance? Maybe the best of his career last night. LAFC still in it. Found yep. a way. 90 minutes Man. away from another cup final. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It must be hard, though, with a goalkeeper. You know, if you're playing with a, a team that's in that, you know, the top four where you're always in control of games, a lot of possession, not much action, compared to a, a goalkeeper that's Luton, Burnley, other clubs like that where you're just getting peppered all game. You're constantly yeah, in the game. It's so it's interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Different dynamic entirely. Hey, by the way, we've got to give a shout out to our dark horse team. Villa. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Villa. Um, yeah. They, they beat that other dark horse team, Spurs. Yeah. Um, now Spurs in fairness have so many injuries and played pretty well for most of that game. Oh. They should have been leading like 4-0 at half. Yeah, they couldn't convert. It's as if they're missing a a really great number nine, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I shared Um, a stat. Did you see that stat I shared on the dark web, Sharms? 
that Tottenham Hotspur became the first team in PL history to lose three games in a row where they have taken the lead in each of them. So that that's going, that's interesting, but even more, it was from like a, it's it's from gunners.com so <laughs> and i know well, that's it's, it's like a fan site but it, it was still really ironic well listen they have uh they had their center backs were emerson royale and ben davies two fullbacks playing center back of course with van der zan and uh, romero out one injured one suspended so they conceded their first header goals of the season and the first goals conceded from crosses this season as well well, that so Joe you, Felix header was unbelievable. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Not Joe Felix, wasn't it? Pow. No, no, pow. Yeah. Pow. Sorry. Pow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Felix. Uh, Joe Pow. <laughs> is uh, Barcelona this season? Remember yeah. those memories of Chelsea last year? Well, long time ago. But yeah, Pow. Um, it was a great goal. It was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so give Villa. They're they're legit, right? They are legit Champions League spot team right now well they could um, win their group as well in the europa conference do you think they care about that probably yeah. actually yeah, yeah. probably of course the trophy, you. right you want to win the trophy you gotta think they're gonna be up there with the favorites in that tournament you haven't so. watched not one second of that tournament this year i can say that <laughs> with a, an educated opinion yeah. um but yeah the villa I, I love them and they're still by the table they're they're a title contender it's too early to say they are. Let's give them to, I think, what, February is generally speaking when... Well, you see when they get through the Christmas period. Yeah, exactly. That's but when it all... Everybody, you start finding out where everybody's going. But they're great. Just fun to watch. And, and there's no mistake that since Unai Emery took over, they've been one of the top three teams in the league. It's a long yeah. time. It's over a year, right? That's a really fun game, though, to watch, though. It was. Do you feel sorry for Ange? Yeah. A little bit. I really <laughs> like Ange. But, yeah, everyone does. You know, what are you going to do? Maybe he turns out to be a complete bastard. I don't think is so. Is it possible? <laughs> no. This is this no? is a guy that, you You're know. You're hoping, eh, Sharp? No. You know, in, in, <laughs> in the press conferences, on the sideline, he just seems like a really affable, likable fellow. And I, I imagine he'd be exactly the same across from you at a pub with a pint. Exactly yeah, the same. Ted Bundy was oh, shut up. a lovely guy. He was. He's popular. <laughs> Life uh, of the party. Yeah, he, he has a he has a gimp living with him <laughs> in, a, in a cardboard box. Stop it! It's actually his name's Craig Forrest. Is the gimp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we should probably call it. You know, actually, a couple of more stories very quickly. Um, I, you know, picking MLS. Did you hear the, the Jim Curtin post game clips? So no. Cincinnati, they 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 find a way, right? They advance. Um, Jim Curtin, the coach, he says, uh, basically talking about how they've had to endure heartbreak over the past few. Um, playoffs um, he goes I'd sign up to be playing in the big games over being at a club in complete disarray that has no chance to ever compete for anything there are about 25 of those in our league I prefer to be where we're at <laughs> I love that quote that's cheeky it's pretty cheeky but it kind of true isn't it yeah <laughs> sadly um, elsewhere um, oh yeah in the Syria you see this 15 year old kid debut oh, AC Milan how crazy is that Francesco Camada, 15 years, 8 months, and 23 days, the youngest ever to play in a Serie A match. Jimmy, when is too young too young? I mean, you say you're, you're good enough, you're, you're old enough. But eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? So you're fine with this. <laughs> Mackay's age, right? Yeah, Mackay's age. Nah, a little bit too young, son. 
<laughs> I don't know. 15, you mean? I'm, Although he could have probably bagged a few for TFC last year. Yeah, yeah. that is true. No, but I think it, it – look, when uh, when you put a player into into a match who's young, I mean, he's he's got to be developed. You know, everybody develops differently. Sometimes they fill out quicker than what others do. And do they have the pace, you know, the ability to compete? Um, and if you're ready, you're ready. And those coaches will know. They'll have plenty of conversations with the, with the academy, with the first team – with the reserves, everybody will be playing a role just to say, okay, is he ready? Then they'd obviously get him up into first team training, let him train there for a few weeks, see what he does with the senior pros. And when he's ready and he can handle the, you know, the, the physicality of it, then they'll put him in. So, I mean, it's not often you see kids debuting that young and, and making no. a career for themselves, right? They kind of just disappear, don't they? You get yeah. the odd ones. James Milner was 16, wasn't he, I think, when he yeah. debuted for Leeds. Um, Francis Jeffers about the same age at Arsenal never uh, Everton sorry never really yeah. made it so it doesn't happen too often but we'll see remember that name anyway Francesco Camada maybe he'll be the next Messi you never know um, Terry Venables died this weekend 80 years of age absolute legend in English football and actually Barcelona fans um, hold him in very high regard as well real character Euro 96 is, of course, what I remember him for and, and his years at Spurs. But uh, yeah, what a, what, a, what a trailblazer tactically, I think, for English football in a time where, you know, English football was 4-4-2. This is what you do. You lump it. He was very much a guy that broke from that mold. Yeah. Legend. <laughs> <Will be missed. laughs> I, I didn't Think know much do. about him, but but hearing uh, people talk about him and former players, Gary Gary Neville was one. Uh, that came out on social media and talked about how impactful he was in terms of, you know, managers in his career and said that he was the guy that left the impression on him, you know, and, and you look at the, the types of managers he's had over the course of, the, of his career. So I think that speaks volumes and also hearing Michael Cox talk about him in that Euro and after England failed to qualify for the 94 World Cup um, and how meaningful that short spell was uh, at the helm in England. But like you talked about how, um, you know, how progressive he was and how he maybe put England on, on the right course and and surprised, you know, Dutch football, which really sort of shaped his approach to managing. Mm-hmm. And now he surprised the Dutch with a 4-3-3, you know, and 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 did really well in that tournament. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, if somebody didn't know a whole lot about him, just led me down a road where you get to find out a little bit about the, the history of football, but also a guy who um, really had a hand in shaping maybe the direction of, of football in England. Um, but then also there was a picture I saw go by, I think, on social media. So for, from his time at Barcelona, he's being hoisted up by some uh, Barca players. And then there's a 15-year-old Pep who's looking up at him. So I thought that was really, really cool yeah. to see. Pep was talking about that uh, mm-hmm. yesterday because and, and, he, he didn't have too much to do with, um, with Venables at Barcelona, but he did know him a little bit. And just tactically, he found it fascinating the way Venables, his, his approach to pressing is what Pep, of course, took out of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Am- amazing, just amazing. And yeah, he, he will definitely be missed. Okay, uh, that's about it. Uh, FuboTV.com. That's your place for all things football. Subscribe now, FuboTV.com slash Fully Prime. And of course, sprinkle, sprinkle throughout the week. Lots of football, Champions League week, by the way, TonyBet.ca. And Wong is raising a, a, a naughty finger. I just want to apologize on behalf of Footy Prime to Rob Brindamore. 
and, uh, <laughs> Robbie Fowler for Amy Walsh's <laughs> disgusting take on your appearance. That's all I can say. All I'll say is he's no Rob Edwards. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Who is, though? Who is, apart from James Merriman? That's true. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's for Free Prime. That's a long one. That's a good. That was, that was, I quite enjoyed that one. I, I generally do. It's not that I should be super, too surprised. But uh, we're back on Wednesday. Yeah. Right amidst of the, uh, the Champions League week. But uh, I dare say we'll talk very little about those games and just see where the hell this <laughs> podcast takes yeah. us. <laughs> is, was Craig back by then or what is he still in Vancouver he should be yeah and and if not just so everyone knows Broadscast I think is a recording next week before Christine Sinclair's big match next week yeah. uh, this week next week yeah next week um, so we will probably be doing this just in on the Sunday night if that's okay with you guys I, so people can listen to our plan oh actually I can't do next Sunday why not uh, I'm actually going out to Vancouver, uh, Vancouver to uh, Alberta Oh, weekend. Red Deer. The Red Deer, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'll figure it out. Maybe Dubs will host this just in. Yeah, she for should. First hosting It'll be amazing. Yeah, that'll be tremendous. It would be great. <laughs> it's, this is, it ain't rocket science, trust me. Oh, I can't do Sunday either. Oh. Right, well, then our plan has blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will be it. We'll share our schedule and our Christmas schedule, schedule, schedule as we uh, get closer to uh, Christmas time and the new year so everyone knows what we'll be. It'll be be all of our sex lives, not just in. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it'll be vignettes. It'll be just the tip. TikToks, just shorts. (laughs) TikToks. Layers keep on newspapers, by the way, please. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Beck. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Thanks, nice guys. Done. <coughs> Sorry, I'm going to go check on my house. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.